0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Minute 38 of Season 5 of the Movie of Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee ki our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action film Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Jess Rogers. Welcome back, Jess.
1: Thanks, Rob. It's good to be back.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're done with, it's July 5th, we're finished with, uh, you know, the the July 4th weekend. Hope you you had a nice time. Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry problems. that sorry that I uh, you know had had you for two days. Uh, <laughs> you know stuck stuck here talking about uh, Die r two. You know a Christmas movie in, a Christmas in July. Christmas
1: movie in the
0: summer. <laughs> yeah, well, Christmas in July, as they say. <laughs> but I appreciate you coming back, it, especially you're probably all hungover from from your 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 late night watching uh, the fireworks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
1: Something like that. Our area tends to do them. My family lives so close to Canada, we do Canada Day fireworks, which are July
0: 1st. July 1st, yeah. Okay.
1: And then sometimes one of the local villages will do a small thing on the 4th. But usually the 1st is perfect.
0: Okay, great. Well, you see, then you get to, to spread it out. And this year it yep. works out great because, you know, the the 1st the was was on a, on a Saturday. So you yep. had, you know, a very, very long weekend to, to spend... Celebrating uh, both Canadian and uh, American independency. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So episode 38 begins with uh, Lorenzo getting a little snippy and ends with John and Sam being thrown into an elevator. Right. So yesterday we, we ended things with, with John um, basically talking back to, to, to Carmine, basically telling him if, if uh, you know, if you would have, Moved your butt sooner then things would have uh, you know maybe we would have stopped this. I, I don't believe that I don't think that's true. I don't think there was any way they really could have stopped this no. uh, so i you know i I have a little bit of trouble with John blaming him, but but John is very emotional here because he is thinking about his wife's plane so I can sort of understand that. you know not necessarily condone it, but I can understand it. Okay. And so Lorenzo ends uh, starts the minute by saying, we don't need any Monday morning quarterbacks. Do you know what a Monday morning quarterback is?
1: I know what the phrase means. The idea that Sunday night football is the big um, football games or Sunday afternoon. And then Monday morning, you re-decide how the game should have gone and telling people how to Monday morning quarterback. Is that right? My More friends?
0: or less, you're you're very close. You're very close. A okay. an American um, uh, a Monday morning quarterback is a person who criticizes or passes judgment with the benefit of hindsight. Right. Okay. Basically, as you said, games are played the day before, and therefore, you know, you can you can lay as much criticism as you want the following day as to what happened because you already know what has happened. Okay. Do, do you know how far back that phrase probably goes?
1: No. Maybe the 60s?
0: 1932 is the first wow. reference of calling someone a, a Monday morning quarterback.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that, that goes back really, really far. <laughs> so I also looked it up in the Urban Dictionary. So it's uh, the Urban Dictionary says that it is a person who analyzes the mistakes they made uh, the day after they've made them. And it basically is derived from complaining over quarterbacks on Monday morning after the Sunday game. A person, usually uh, another's arrogant boss or supervisor, with lackadaisical work ethic. Um, They'll leave early the previous week because he can. On Monday morning, they're ready to work more than ever, but just for a few hours. They start criticizing what took place after they left early, then start barking orders for the upcoming week. This person is usually a clown and not taken seriously by people who actually work and is not important enough to report others because he's afraid his lackadaisical work ethic will get him in trouble. (laughs) So, you know, I I, I like that explanation of it. You know, it works well.
1: Yeah.
0: And then John responds by saying Monday morning. My wife's on one of those goddamn planes. These guys are with that puts me on the playing field. If you'd have moved your fat ass when I told you to, we wouldn't be hip deep in right now. So I have a little bit of problem with with what John's saying here. First of all, you know, just because his wife's on the plane, that actually gives him the right to interfere. So basically, everyone who has family on any of the planes can now be a part of this. You know, they're on the field.
1: Yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, you know, really- it doesn't. Makes sense. It
0: doesn't no, ring true. No, he's he's giving himself a lot more credit here than he really should get.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> um you know, I mean, I, I think that the way that he talks is also really crossing the line here. You know, to to you know, to once again blame Carmine that he didn't get off if he would have moved this fat ass. Right. When I told you to. What do you mean when I told you to? Who are you? That's what it comes down to. And, and, I mean, Carmine is right from that perspective, that huh? he didn't have to listen to John. No. John made some good points, but he didn't need to listen to him. But as we've already also established, it wouldn't have
1: made any difference. I don't think it would have. I mean, no, I can't, I can't think of, maybe if they'd been able to follow the lackey when he ran out after McClane killed the one. Maybe if he'd followed him. Instead Mm -hmm. of arresting McLean, That's literally the only moment. But McLean's not the one who told him to do it. Right. And that took more minutes later. I don't, yeah, I don't think so.
0: Yeah. And, and Carmine just, he's had enough. And he goes, that's it. Security, you're out of here.
1: Most of this minute is basically like, or at least the next like 20 seconds is five people talking on top of each other.
0: Yes. Which is great. They do it well. They do it it very
1: well. I can't imagine rehearsing that, you know, like going through over. Oh,
0: well, uh, over. Well, they are accomplished actors. So, you know, True. you got to give them a little bit of credit that they do know how to, uh, you know, to do their lines, even if someone else is talking and stuff like that.
1: True.
0: You know, now I find it funny that he calls for security, you know, because if it's, if, if it's supposed to be the airport police, Then, you know, why is he calling them security unless there are also security guards there that need to, he needs the security guys to take him out. I don't know. And then John starts to plead and goes, Mr. Trudeau. And then Lorenzo goes, Mr. Trudeau, do I have to remind you about FAA regulations regarding unauthorized personnel in the control tower? So I'm assuming Trudeau didn't like the fact that Lorenzo's talking to him this way either.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who's you know, the bo- who is the boss in this situation? Like, is Trudeau right. in charge? I
0: mean, we, right. I mean, we talked about it last week that, that yeah. Trudeau is probably like the COO of the airport. Yeah. You know, and so he theoretically, in some in in some cases, outranks Lorenzo. But I guess in a security situation or life threatening situation or whatever, you would you would say that okay, Lorenzo has you know has the authority to do this, but, but what he's basically saying, he's not even using his own authority. He's saying to Trudeau, you're the one making, you're the one making yeah, the law. Exactly. You
1: know,
0: it's not, it's not, you're preventing. <laughs> it's not, I'm right. And you're wrong. It's that, you know, I, I maybe he's hinting that if you don't do something, I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to tell on you, you know, and Trudeau just, you know, gives in. he doesn't, you know, you see that, that he realizes that Lorenzo is right and just doesn't say anything there. And then uh, we go back and we see Barnes again, and he's still talking to his uh, his two friends over there, and he goes, all we have to do is find a way to transmit. And then one guy, this is one of my favorite lines in the movie, he goes, yeah, right. Somebody want to run down to Radio Shack and get a transmitter?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Didn't Radio Shack come up in um, When Harry Met Sally too? and Radio Shacks are gone?
0: No. There's no Radio I Shack. No, I guess
1: not. I feel like I talked to you about Radio Shack and the idea that they'd closed. Maybe not.
0: No. Um, I I don't believe so. I mean, we were in yeah, the moment. I, know. I, I don't I think can't there was a Radio why, Shack. There. I'm
1: having this my own flashback to we talked about this. Radio Shacks are gone.
0: I, I don't know. I, I don't recall no, I, discussing I must it, but it. it's, it's possible. <laughs> so do you know when Radio Shack was founded? I don't. 1921.
1: Wow. Yeah, it makes sense with the name
0: because it was a because it was called Radio.
1: Yeah, just that Radio would be the first part mm. of that,
0: right? Okay. I mean, do you know? First of all, do you know what a Radio Shack is or was?
1: I assume it's where somebody with who is operating a radio tower would be inside a. You didn't need much; you just need a shack around them. That's my guess.
0: Okay, so but I could be wrong. Uh, you're sort of wrong on that one, uh, but <laughs> that's okay. So. During radio's early days, equipment was very experimental, and most people, you know, built it themselves. So the first radio transmitters used to use used a loud spark gap to generate radio waves, and they were often housed in separate outbuildings or sheds. Uh, when the radio, when when radio was first adopted by the Navy, a small wooden structure was placed on deck to house the ship's radio equipment, and that be, became known as a radio shack. Oh. Uh, today, a radio shack can be anywhere that radio equipment is housed and operated. Usually, a room such as with amateur radio stations, but for some, the the entire shack may consist of a handheld radio or two. While others may operate uh, mobile equipment in a vehicle. Amateur radio use the room housing the equipment is also called is often called a ham shack. Huh. So yeah, so Radio Shack is a company that was uh, founded in 1921. Uh, it was started by two brothers, Theodore and Milton uh, Deutschman. They were interested in providing equipment for ham radios, which was known as amateur radio at the time. Uh, they had, okay. they had a, a one-store retail and mail order operation uh, in downtown Boston. And they named it Radio Shack because that was the term, as we just mentioned, of a small wooden structure that housed the ship's radio equipment. They thought that the name was appropriate for a store that would supply the needs of radio officers aboard ships, uh, as well as for people who had, uh, you know, amateur radio operators. So the idea for the name came from an employee, a man named Bill Halligan, who went on to form the Hallicrafters Company. The term was already in use and is to this day by hams when refer, when referring to the location of their stations. Um, they first issued a catalog in 1939 uh, as people started using uh, high fidelity music. And in 1954, they began selling their own private label products under the brand named Realist, which they then changed it to Realistic uh, because they were, they, were, they, were being, they were sued by another company that had the name Realist. <laughs> um, the chain was was uh, based in Boston, and uh, many people just used to call it Nagasaki Hardware, you know, and disparagingly, oh, wow. uh, because most of the merchandise came from Japan, and people, you know, expected, you know, whatever you were getting from Japan was low quality and inexpensive. Interesting. Yeah. In 1959, they, they moved their headquarters to uh, uh, Commonwealth Avenue in Boston, which is across the street from Boston University. Uh, and they wanted to continue expanding, and they then expanded to nine stores. And then in the 60s, they, they had some problems. Uh, but one of the, 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 the greatest things that I found here is, is that in the 1960s until the 90s, they had the Battery of the Month Club. <laughs> where wow. people people were able to get a uh, a free you know you get a card and if you if you were part of this club you would be able to get a free battery every single month wow uh so you know i guess it works
1: <laughs> <laughs> well not so much radio shack closed
0: uh, when did it close
1: uh, in the last two years. There you
0: go. That's my point. It's it's lasted, yeah. uh, you know, uh, in, uh, I mean, it was it was bought up a, num- a number of times. In sure. 1999, the Tandy Corporation uh, was operating 8,000 stores named Radio Shack. In February 2015, Radio Shack Corporation filed for Chapter 11 uh, bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Um, They were bought up by a company called General Wireless a few months later for $26 million. Wow. You know, a company declares bankruptcy and then gets bought for $26 million. That's pretty good.
1: It would still have a lot of um, inventory to purchase. Yeah,
0: exactly. And then in March 2017, General Wireless uh, filed for bankruptcy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Probably because they bought (laughs) Shack.
0: Maybe. And then... uh, in November 2020, a company called Rev Retail E-commerce Ventures uh, acquired Radio Shack, and now it's basically an e-commerce website. Uh, and, wow,
1: that's different from where it started. Yeah,
0: and then in March of 2023, just a few months ago, uh, so this company Rev uh, announced that it, that they are contemplating uh, back possible bankruptcy filing. So. I don't know if 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 keeping track of Radio Shack is is a good idea.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I it doesn't seem like it's a growth business. Yeah, uh, no, right? there's nothing to connect to anymore. Nobody needs radios. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Most people don't need batteries. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and
1: it's a direction that's over.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then Barnes shows uh, how smart he is by saying he already we already have one the new terminal wing they're building 20 airlines when it's done all with their own reservation computers all tied into a nice big antenna array
1: Mhm
0: Um so again this is all for me this is pretty much gibberish for most people I'm assuming it's gibberish oh, yeah. What he's talking about you know we we can't really figure out exactly what it is that he's trying we, we understand what he's trying to say but we don't have to understand exactly what he's saying
1: No and I, the one that stuck with me that I heard a couple times, and it wasn't until I found the script he sent that he keeps say, talking about the annex skywalk, and I kept hearing some Star Wars reference. I'm like, what is he talking about? The annex skywalk? That sounds like something that should be out of space. And I remember trying to figure it out, and then realizing it's just a way you can get from one terminal to another, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Skywalk.
0: That's right. It's a skywalk. Yeah. Well, that's the whole idea. Skywalker, you're walking from one place to another uh, in the sky. So <laughs> right. I wonder if it is something that was just thrown in by D'Souza because, you know, it's, it sounds star, star, Starward-esque.
1: You know, <laughs> Maybe.
0: It's possible. Yeah. Right. So at this point, uh, Trudeau then talks to the uh, security guards slash cops that, that show up, and he says, better see Mr. McLean out. And then we hear, we don't see it, but we hear John say, Get your hands off me. Oh. (laughs) And as he's being pulled out, you know, then Lorenzo uh, screams back, You got no business being up here. And then Barnes looks at, uh, you know, he's he's still talking to his guys. He goes, I'm telling you guys, everything we need is over at the annex skywalk. Right. Just sitting there waiting to go online the annex Skywalk, and they, they do this so well because we see John walk by as they say that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, for any of us who've seen the movie before, we know that he needs that information. Right. You know, so just, you know, randomly John is being pulled past Barnes as he's talking about, uh, you know, Star Wars stuff.
1: Yeah. And Barnes <laughs> hasn't enlisted him as a ally yet.
0: Nope. Not yet. He doesn't know who he is yet, you know?
1: Right.
0: And, uh, and then you know they 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 bring McLean towards towards the uh uh towards towards the elevator and McLean then you know screams out his last words that he wants to get before he can. He says, God damn it, Trudeau, you're dealing with pros here. You can't f these people. Listen to me. And as John says that, we see like a figure jump out from the area of the the, the elevator, and we see it's the reporter that we met earlier, Sam Coleman. She goes, Pam Coleman, WNTW News, Mr. Trudeau, there are a lot of rumors flying around here today. And then Lorenzo screams, oh, for Christ's sake, no way, no way, lady, hell, no, no, no. And then Trudeau gets (laughs) upset also and says, this is off-limits, Coleman, you know that. Get them out of here. (laughs) And then as John is being pushed into the elevator, he screams, anything you can think of, they'll think of too. And then he says once again, get your hands off me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, I mean, I like the way that they do it. They're, they're, you know, the, the way that the script is set up just works really well. You know, the, the fact, fact that, that
1: there's so many moments going on at once and so much leading to the others. It correct. it does work really well. I agree.
0: Right. And it's stuff that, that we're going to see later on that, that pans yeah. out. You know, that's the thing. Just having Coleman show up here and meet meet John helps also. I mean, we'll see that right. tomorrow how it really helps, but it helps just to meet these two characters in a more friendly environment than what they were, uh, you know, a few weeks ago when they when they met in the airport. Right. So that, that works also. You know. Now, my biggest question is, okay, they push the two of them into the elevator. Why don't the, the guards go in with them?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, because they're supposed to do it. And then he yells at the next one to get down... Like the that's next or, oh, that's, that's tomorrow. To tomorrow out.
0: we'll talk about that, right? right? But it's just very funny the way that, that they just like push the two of them in there, you know. And you know, I'm trying to see, yeah, this, this is a policeman, this isn't a security guard, so it's, this is very strange,
1: yeah. You know, so I, yeah, I don't know why police would do security at the airport, that seems wrong to me.
0: No, it's two—it's two cops that they're I guess stationed in the tower to be dealing with whatever needs to be done. But for him to call them security, maybe they're just they're, you know, their their job is to secure the area. I don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: There, there are numerous options of what it could be. Sure. Yeah. So, do you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the script?
1: No, I'd love to hear the script. I can't imagine how it's written.
0: (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, once again, the script is, is a little jumbled here about the way things sure. happen, but, uh, you know, there's still some stuff uh, that, that I like here. So, you know, they start off with the fact that, that Lorenzo says, and we don't need any Monday morning quarterbacks. And then it says, McLean, pissed off, moving in, says, Monday morning, my wife's on one of those planes. These bastards are f***ing with. That makes me a player on the f-ing field, you putts. And if you got off your fat ass when I told you to, maybe we wouldn't be knee deep <laughs> right now. So it's more or less the same. You know, it's a little bit. Uh, I, I like the way that they deliver it in the movie a little bit better. It's a little cleaner. Yeah. I don't know if it's a little cleaner because, you know, John does say <laughs> a few times here anyway. You know, he says Monday <laughs> morning instead of in the script where he just says okay. Monday morning. But it but it reminds me again of, you know, the the scene a few weeks ago where John was in Carmen's office and he goes, How about being a little courtesy? You know, giving me a little professional courtesy. And then he goes, <laughs> courtesy. You know, it's the same right. type of thing, the, the yeah, way that's that, true. That, that, that he says it. You know, then Lorenzo calls for security, and then it says uh, two big airport cops trot over, and then as Trudeau reacts, unsure, because again, Trudeau is still debating what to do, and then Lorenzo right. convinces him, and then Trudeau says, okay, see McLean out, and then it says the elevator is open, someone's inside, but we can't, we don't feature them yet, and then it says McLean, as he's being muscled into the airport, Trudeau, can't you see you're dealing with pros? You can't with these guys. And then Sam comes out of the airport, out of the elevator, says the same thing. You know, the, the the lines pretty much are the same with the way that they they do this. And then the last thing John says, and then it says the two of them are shoved into the airport, and then John screams, and it's underlined in the script. And it wow. says anything you can think of, they'll think of too.
1: I feel like they didn't emphasize that enough in the movie, like that that wasn't loud enough because it is basically this will be next week or the week after even when it find probably the week after or two weeks when the other place finally blows up like there it was such good foreshadowing to prove that McLean's right and he knows what Correct. he's doing whereas yes. without really emphasizing that it doesn't that doesn't come across as well it's more just right you're waiting for it. Oh my God, they thought of it too. You don't, it doesn't bring back to McLean being right. as he Correct. Passed. I don't know. You're right. That, you're right. That's but, my but, only but, little piece.
0: Okay. But, but it does give us that the, the foreshadow oh. piece, which is good. It, you know, if like you're if, if you're, yes. if you're paying attention, then you can see it. You know, John is the one who's constantly saying, hey, pay attention here. There's something right. going on.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, this, this isn't a run of the mill, you know, uh, uh someone stealing uh luggage or whatever <laughs> you want or punk to say stealing
1: luggage right
0: punk stealing luggage you know it's it there's something more going on here <laughs> so yeah all right so uh every wednesday we have a segment called off the beaten track airline airport edition so uh you know where my guests will give some sort of story anecdote, adventure misadventure something that has happened <laughs> to them over the course of their life, that is somehow related to either an airplane, airport, uh, aviation, something like that. So, Jesse, you have a story for us. Um,
1: just a little one. It's um, so little stories in, are good too. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 2001, I was living in Kenya and um, studying zebras, and my mom didn't want to come to visit, so she was willing to fly me to Ireland to come to meet in the middle, basically from the east coast, and. We ended up flying on September 27th, 2001. So it's 16 days after 9-11 and um, I'm flying Egypt Air from Nairobi to um, Dublin. And I get on the plane because i had been living basically in the wilds of Kenya. We didn't really know what had happened. We didn't have a lot of news or if we had news, it was a week or two weeks delayed. At that time, we barely had internet. Actually, we didn't have internet. We only had email. Um, and so we didn't really know anything. And I got on the plane flying from Nairobi to Cairo, and there were six people on the whole plane. Wow. Which had never, I'd never had any version of that. I'd never understood what was going on. And then when we landed Wait, September, how long
0: after? How, what, what was the date of this again?
1: September 27th.
0: Uh, okay, all
1: right. So the world had only just started flying. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and then they made us go through security again in Cairo, even though they never let us go into the airport. You had, if you were transitioning, you were walked directly to your gate. You couldn't go anywhere else.
0: Wow. And
1: then I got on a plane going from Cairo to um, Dublin, and there was one other person on the plane with me.
0: Um, There were two people on the plane? Two
1: people flying on the plane, and then there were the whole staff.
0: Did they let you, like, sit in first class or something? They
1: let you sit wherever you wanted. They didn't care. Wow.
0: I was actually on a plane once where they actually moved people and told them to sit in different places to try and balance the plane out.
1: I don't think our 200 or 400 pounds (laughs) combined would have done anything to that plane.
0: No, yeah. like I was on a plane that there weren't that many people and right. they said, OK, you know, you people go to the back or whatever it is, right. you know, just to 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 even out the weight.
1: No, know. they didn't care at all. It was so bizarre, just unbelievably strange. And of course, nothing like that had ever happened before or since. Just so few people, I can't even understand how they let the planes fly.
0: Wow. Yeah, that is that that is a very strange story. So, yeah, yeah, I, I like it. I like it. But oh, wait, when you flew, well, when you flew from, did you go from Dublin back to the States at that
1: point? No, I flew from Dublin back to Nairobi um, 10 days later. And by then it was mostly normal. There were fewer people on the plane, but it wasn't anything like that. Um, and I think I flew a different airline going back. I don't know why it was one of those weird things where you could get the best rate if you chose one direction and a different airline going the other direction. Although I think that's pretty common going to and from different parts of Africa is flying multiple um, different airlines.
0: Okay, if you say so, I've, n- I've never been to Africa, even though I, I live close by. <laughs>
1: you live much closer than I do. <laughs> yes, yeah. but, well, but I um, don't,
0: I, I, I'm not doing research on zebras, so. Fair, you know.
1: and they have a very weird colonial history. So like Air France flies to Central Africa, but um, British Airways and um, Lufthansa fly to East Africa and things like that, so you get a lot of, and then there's the internal country airlines and things so there's a lot of randomness in earth travel. Or at least there was twenty years ago.
0: Well, when was the last time that you were there?
1: Um, twenty seventeen. I was supposed yeah. to go in twenty twenty, and obviously <laughs> that didn't happen.
0: Uh, okay. Well, I'm 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 sure you'll 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 get to go see your zebras again at some
1: point. Mm-hmm. Take students. Okay,
0: makes sense. All right, great. So you want to, once again, tell people how they can get in touch with you?
1: Sure. You can find me on Twitter at in underscore entertain, based on the, my defunct blog that still exists um, called Insight into Entertainment.
0: All right. Great. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for mover Around Minute. You can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. You can find me on Facebook, and you can find me on Twitter. So until tomorrow, yippee Yipikaye if you're fond of sand dunes and salty air quaint little villages here and